Well, thank you very much to our gospel drama team there who brought us beautifully the story at the home of Martha and Mary. As you've heard, it's a story about a time when Martha complains to Jesus that her sister Mary isn't helping her to prepare the meal, but Jesus corrects her and tells her that it's Mary who's doing the right thing by sitting at his feet and listening to Jesus, rather than Martha, who is distracted away from Jesus by what she's doing in the kitchen. It's sometimes known as the time when Martha was making sandwiches that Jesus didn't order. Our lives are full of distractions. And Kirsty and I spent last week in the most beautiful part of Cornwall, on the Helford River. And, and I was looking forward to a week of rest and relaxation away from the hectic pace of everyday life. But you know, I noticed how quickly I allowed myself to get distracted on our very first day there, of course, I got distracted by... Oh, hang on, I've moved on a bit here. I got distracted by this man. After all, it was the British Grand Prix. I had to tune into that. And then, of course, I got distracted by this man. Because an hour or two later, he had won Wimbledon. And then, as the days went by... As we tuned into the news, I got distracted by a new Prime Minister. And then much more seriously and much more shockingly, I was distracted by a large white truck in, Paris, in, in Nice, in France. And finally, on our very last day, I got distracted by an attempted takeover by the army in Turkey. Well, I have to tell you here that I did actually have a lovely week of rest and relaxation. But it's amazing how things can distract us. All of us are under a constant barrage of distractions in our daily lives. Much of it from the media, or from social media, from emails, from Facebook, from Twitter, whatever it is. And as a result, we, like Martha, get distracted away from what should be for Christians perhaps the most important activity of our whole lives, which means getting closer to God by spending time with Jesus. Now that's a big statement. To say that this is the most important activity of our our lives is a big statement. So why should we be more like Mary and less like Martha? How do we actually do that? And what can we expect if we do? Well, first of all, I don't know if you're like me, but hands up if you feel a bit sorry for Martha in this story. I feel a bit sorry for Martha, I must say. After all, there she is, slaving away in the kitchen, making food for everyone, while her sister is, in her mind, in the wrong place, particularly in that Middle Eastern culture where the women should have been in the kitchen. They weren't supposed to be with the men in that culture. They should have been in the kitchen. That's how family life worked. But clearly, when Martha complains about her sister's unhelpfulness, Jesus gently rebukes her. 
tells her off and tells her that Mary, in fact, is the one who's doing the right thing. So here's a question. Why should we be more like Mary than Martha? Why should we, like Mary, make learning from Jesus more important than doing other good things? I mean, after all, making food for people is a good thing. I'm going to be helping making food for all of you later on. I'm looking forward to it. Well, there are many right answers to this question, but here are one or two of them. And I think the main reason is this. Jesus has the answers to all the big questions of life. If we want to know how we can be put right with God, how we can be forgiven for our sins and saved to eternal life, then Jesus has the answer. The Bible tells us that we're all sinners. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, writes Paul the Apostle to the church in Rome. But Jesus has died for us. He has paid the penalty for our sins so that we don't have to. By coming to him in repentance, saying sorry to God and turning away from the things we do wrong and putting our faith in Jesus, we are saved to eternal life. Putting our faith in Jesus means means trusting that what he says is both true but also the best possible thing for our lives. If we want to know how to live life to the full, if we want to see what a perfect human life looks like, Jesus shows us the way. Loving God, loving neighbour, loving even our enemies, Jesus said. He said, I've come that you might have life and life to the full. For most of my adult life, I didn't believe in God. But 16 years ago, I put my trust in Jesus. And the last 16 years have been the most fulfilling and exciting years I've ever known. That's why we should make getting to know him our priority. If we want to become the people that God made us to be, if we want to fulfill our potential in life, Jesus is the one who takes very ordinary human lives like Peter the fisherman or Zacchaeus the tax collector or the woman drawing water at the well and turns them into people who make a difference, people who bring grace and good news to the world, people who live their lives to the full and there's no one beyond God's reach. When Kirsty and I used to go into Reading Prison, when it was still a prison, and see the young offenders there, we witnessed a young, uh, he, was, he was only 19 or 20, he was a self-confessed murderer. He came to faith in Jesus and he began a ministry praying for the other inmates in the prison. Over the last 16 years, in my involvement with the Alpha Course, I've seen right in front of my eyes people's faith in Jesus come alive. I've seen lives turned around. I've seen people healed emotionally, spiritually, physically, psychologically. And I've also experienced the transforming power of Jesus in my own life. I've still got a long way to go. But God took a rather selfish man who spent most of his life rejecting Jesus and has patiently led me on a sometimes 
difficult journey to where I am now. Someone who loves Jesus, who loves life, someone who would love to be a bit more like Jesus. And bit by bit, over time, I hope he will do that. That's why we should sit at the feet of Jesus, because he and he alone has the answers to life's big questions. But if that's right, how do we actually do it? It's all very well to say we've got to sit at the feet of Jesus, learn from Jesus. How do we do that? Well, in one sense, the answer's easy. We've got to spend time with him in different ways. But perhaps some examples would be helpful. And you know, we can spend time at the feet of Jesus at every stage of our lives. If you are aged, you may not understand what I'm saying now, but if you're aged between naught and three, then it might mean coming to Sunday creche here at St. Matthew's, being read some simple Bible stories, seeing your parents worshipping in church, colouring in some pictures of gospel stories. And when you're being tucked down at night in bed, it might mean having a little prayer said for you or a simple Bible story read to you. If you're school age, up to 10 years old, it might mean coming to kids' church, like the children who brought us the Old Testament here this morning, where they learn more about the Bible, where they learn to sing worship songs, where they have the good news of Jesus explained to them, make friends with other children, play games, have fun, join in some of the all-age services like this one, and perhaps learn by reading a children's Bible at home and join in family prayers. If you're a young teenager, then spending time with Jesus might look like being part of the Gap on Sunday and mind the Gap on a Friday night, where you learn how through the Bible Jesus can bring answers to some of the trouble.